I'm Julie. I'm Kristen. I'm Kate. And welcome to Topical Island. Each week, one of us will deep dive into a topic that interests us. Have you ever wondered how to become a Disney princess? Is diva behavior acceptable? And what does it have to do with the opera? Will we get to work from home forever, ever? Join us as we answer these questions and more. As each week, we will take you to a different topical island. All right, we're back on a Monday. Oh, I was going to say Tuesday. It's only Monday. How are you guys tonight? (laughs) Doing really well, Kristen. Uh, Anything exciting over the weekend, over the last week? How are you doing, Kate? Actually, I do have an interesting little tidbit um, or a little story for you. So we bought a trailer recently in the early spring and we have been campers. And so we had most things for it, um, Mm -hmm. but we just needed a few a few little things to stock the kitchen and pantry and stuff like that. So I got a set of dishes from Canadian Tire. I went out and I bought a set of Corel dishes. I like them because they're pretty unbreakable and just good. You can microwave with them and stuff like that. And this past weekend, we went on our maiden voyage on our trailer. And uh, I went to open the dishes. And inside was somebody's garbage dishes. Like somebody's, it was... So inside the box, I was expecting four plates, four bowls, four small plates, and four mugs. And I opened up the box, and the first thing I noticed was, that's interesting. Corel packs Mm -hmm. their dishware in loose leaf. And so I pulled out the loose leaf, and lo and behold, there was two, like, dollar store plates and then a, a set of like three mismatched small plates and then two or maybe three awkward sized bowls, like f- large flat bowls. So this is, wow. in my mind, this is what happened. Somebody went to Canadian Tire, bought the set of Corel dishes, took it home, put it in their cupboards, and then put all of the stuff they didn't want back in the box. Now, here's the thing. They actually did a really good job of sealing it back up because to me, it looked unopened. <gasps> it, you couldn't tell that it was a return. Wow. And they so, returned it. And then and they returned money it. Back. And it just seems like, so then they got a free set of dishes. They pawned these <laughs> garbage dishes off on, you know, the unsuspecting customer that was myself. And then, so today I went to Canadian Tire and I was kind of playing out all the different scenarios in my head because if I was the clerk, I'd be like, well, are you the one who's trying to scam me? (laughs) Are these your dishes? (laughs) And you're trying to get a free set of these regular dishes. And it's not, they're not fancy dishes. They're just regular, you know, they're not expensive. And it just, but she was lovely. And she said, wow, I'm, I'm so sorry. That's so bizarre. And I said, uh, yeah, it just seems like a lot of hassle for very little payoff, but (laughs) I guess, you know, I was talking to Nick about it and, and he's like, some people are just all about a scam and like to see what they can get away with. So that's, uh, yeah. So that was my week. That was so my, you were that was, in the midst of wherever you were with these dishes. So what did you do? We luckily were camping with a friend. And so she generously let us use her dishes. Oh, even good. though you didn't have I mean, to like were, pack these apart. And, they were oh. used dishes. So technically we could have used them and just put them back in the box. I mean, I didn't want them. <laughs> No, I, I mean, that's real. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't want to eat more. off a scammer's dishes. I think that's well, exactly yeah. like, 
And who knows? Maybe they didn't clean them before they put them back in. Maybe they thought. But also, like, what kind of people are the ones doing this? Like, those are not the kind of people whose dishes I want to. Like, I I don't want to use your second dishes at the best of times. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like these aren't people that we would be friends with, so we wouldn't have to worry about having to eat off their dishes at any point in time. And I hope not. Please come forward if you are, but because we want to know more. But well, I feel like you're addressing our audience. If, if somebody listening to this <laughs> is the person who put the dishes back, but if it's one, I mean, Kristen, I don't. I feel like I've met your parents and they're lovely. Do you think they're the type of people that would do this? <laughs> um, Kate, I a couple weeks ago, you let us know that you are in the process of achieving a lifelong goal of. Learning how up. to do a kip up, which is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for those who weren't weren't listening, uh, that is when you're lying on your back and then you. Use, where were you? Yeah, where were you, listener? Uh, you use the momentum <laughs> of I don't know where the momentum comes from, but basically you kick your legs up onto your feet and somehow end up in a vertical position. How goes the kip mm-hmm. up? I've graduated to so we decided that step one was the youtubing of the steps of how to do it yes and I've graduated to what I feel is step two well and then I did like a step 1.5 which was a lot of just rolling around testing out testing the waters Mm -hmm. shall Mm -hmm. we say yeah um about what my current abilities are they're not very high um (laughs) but now now what what they recommend is that you instead of starting from the floor, you have something under you. So I've decided our ottoman is a good height. So I kind of start, I'm now I'm practicing just kind of rolling off the ottoman into, into the position. Okay. That's where I'm at. I love it. I love it. And I feel like we need to to stay abreast (laughs) of the situation. Um, Julie, have you, have you been uh, doing any extracurriculars of the like? Uh, not of the like. I have been out in the garden, though, and uh, spent my weekend installing a super cool new drip irrigation system. So that's Ooh. the highlight of my life. And yeah, we're just enjoying uh, the this time of year brings on all kinds of critters. I talked previously about the skunk that's moved under our deck. Yes. And then we had a rather large fox in the, in the yard last night. So we're just trying to keep our animals kind of sheltered from that. And it's just the time of year as animals, um, you know, either have just completed their matings or are on the prowl, so to speak, or are looking for somewhere to give birth. There's a lot of movement. So we get to see all kinds of cool critters that we only see in the spring and in the fall. Yeah. So cool. Awesome. How about you, Kristen? What do you, what, what have you been up to? Well, I was just listening to a brand new podcast on the weekend and it's called it's literally called the deep dive, and it features. Do you know who June Diane Raphael Raphael is? And she's in um, Grace and Frankie. Grace and Frankie. Yeah, ah. yeah. Anyways, it's quite it's oh. quite a lovely podcast. But they had pre-named their audience the deep divers, and I and okay. I'm just. I mean, oh. I didn't realize we could have named. Like, I don't know. Do you guys? I wonder if it's a question we pose to our audience and maybe we'll do it formally later, but tropical islanders, island hoppers, who, what, tropical islanders. what, what, what are our, what's our audience? I, well, I don't think it should be tropical islanders. I mean, why not? <laughs> but it could be, but now that you say that, that's interesting because I tend to get into one 
podcast and binge the whole thing. And so my favorite murder is what I'm listening to right now. And they call their listeners murderinos. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) another one I binged uh, before that, also true crime, was Crime Junkie. And so they call their, theirs, I think they just call them Crime Junkies. Yeah. Or yeah, I listened to another one that's a a crime one as well. I'm noticing a theme and uh, it's, it's called morbid and there theirs are called weirdos. So that's totally oh. not even the name. Okay. So we wouldn't have to go along the same lines. Yeah. The name. Mm. I did like Island hoppers. That's kind of cute. You know, joining us that as we go cute. from Island to Island. Yeah. So I, I don't know. We, maybe we, maybe we pose the question to, to our listeners and just see what, what they, I mean, are we allowed to call them? Like it's, is that like nicknaming yourself? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it surely can't be as unlucky as toasting yourself. So exactly, that was true. That was a callback but, um, to. Uh, but, yeah, um, that was oh, a so reference. Sh- yeah. that we got it. I mean, I got it because I was there. I think Kristen got it. I wonder if our island hoppers got it. <laughs> our true island hoppers would get it. <laughs> we'll get that joke. <laughs> Julie, where are you taking us this week? Well, I'll tell you where I'm taking you. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the pod, but over COVID, one of my guilty pleasure slash comfort shows was the show Castle, uh, which is like a police procedural starring uh, Nathan Fillion and Stana Katik, who's she's Canadian and he's from the show Firefly. And I think he has a new show called The Rookie. And Kristen, who's way more plugged in than I am, let me know that these two, the two main co-stars do not get along. Yeah. So I had to research that and I found out that in his contract, Nathan Fillion's contract, according to the internet, mm-hmm. he has a rider that says he will only work two days a week with his fellow actor, Stan Akatic. And as you watch the show, you'll actually notice that there's more and more situations where they're apart, like whether one of them gets kidnapped or even the way it's shot, you can tell that they actually didn't both need to be in the scene at the same time. Um, so I think, and they're in love in the show. In that's the right. show, yeah, the show, they're, they're like very much in a love. Couple. Yeah, yes. And oh, like that's got to be a difficult <laughs> contract so to work around. Awkward. So awkward. Um, so I got to thinking about you know we hear so much about these celebs or these actors or musicians who have these crazy writers in their contract and it took and I started thinking about diva behavior and where does that come from and what's that about so uh that's where we're going today is to take a look at divas all right so the term diva actually originates much like the word divine from the word god or goddess so a diva is a female goddess and that's what that word actually means. And supposedly the first diva was an opera singer um, by the name of Giudita Pasta. And she was supposedly just amazing um, opera singer. And even Chopin once said her voice is something I have, I have never heard anything more sublime. So Mm. she was a well-known opera singer and got called kind of a diva because she was so sublime, so good at singing. So it was very much a positive comment. Absolutely. It was a true compliment. And so for a long time, because she was an opera singer in the 19th century, so for a long time, really 
wonderful female opera singers were just called divas. And the male counterpart is divo. And sometimes we hear that as well. In fact, I think there might even be a, quite a famous band called Il Divo. And they're very, mm-hmm. yeah, very Il good divo. singers, right? So when did this all change? And basically what it boils down to is one woman, Maria Callas, who was a Greek, um, she was born to a Greek family in New York City in 1923. And she became sort of the ultimate diva. She sang at the Metropolitan Opera. Um, She sang at La Scala Opera House in Milan and then the Metropolitan Opera in New York. And she just they called her La Davina. So even like more, more that she was more than a diva. She was the diva mm-hmm. and she was amazing. And so when she became a regular at the Metropolitan Opera in New York, it started to become apparent that she had this, a certain temperament. And some people claimed that she was hard to deal with. And so that's when La Davina sort of changed the word diva to start. It was so strongly associated with her that that's when we started to see diva, meaning diva behavior and um, highly temperamental, high maintenance. And supposedly she got into a feud one day with the manager of the Metropolitan Opera, like a big blowout. She quit and walked out. And then two days later, they had reconciled and all was well again. And it was just sort of this very dramatic sort of career that she had. I will give credit to Rudolf Bing, who was the general manager at the Metropolitan Opera, who she got into this massive feud with, that he said that one of the reasons she was so difficult was because she was so smart. You could not put anything past her. She would always see through you. She knew exactly what she wanted and why she wanted it. And that's where we kind of get to this other element of diva behavior, which is it's earned. So like a true diva... Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're temperamental, but like they're the best of their craft. Yeah. Hmm. I'd also just like to give Rudolph Bing a little bit of props because I think uh, sometimes women who go after exactly what they want are viewed as um, temperamental or angry or mean or whatever, uh, whatever hmm. word that we wouldn't associate to that type of behavior. To but he back. was able to see there's a reason that she acts the way she does, and it's because she deserves it. That's right. Mm-hmm. And and I think that this is not supported by anything I looked into, but I would imagine that uh, the female opera singers are very highly paid. Like they're probably the top earners in an opera company. I would imagine. So where Maria Callas' um, story also gets a little interesting that has nothing to do with being a diva, although she does have somewhat of a dramatic life, is that she ended her marriage and started an affair with Aristotle Onassis who, yes, you may know as the the second husband of Jacqueline Kennedy. And she, Onassis left her for Jackie. Mm. So they, she ended her marriage with an affair with Onassis. And then Onassis left Callas to go be with Jackie Kennedy. And supposedly Callas's heart was broken, but... Uh, apparently, although her heart was broken, it didn't take him long to just come back. And supposedly, they continued to have an affair while he was married to ja- to Jackie O, basically until the mid seventies. So for like, wow, oh, so okay. he's also a, a Greek. Yeah, that's right, a Greek shipping magnate, right? Yeah, 
And supposedly he he told Callus that he couldn't be with her because he needed the connections he could get with Jackie Ooh. to the American That's market. That's what you always so, want to hear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so take with that what you will. So, hmm. so the diva. Um, so Maria Callas is sort of the one who changed what diva meant. Um, but obviously that has evolved over time. And now we associate that with pretty much anyone who's high performing, high maintenance narcissist. So self-obsessed, but really good at their craft. Now, according to a psychologist, Meredith Fuller, there can be a healthy diva. And the way to be a quote unquote healthy diva is to not just be so self entirely self-serving. So you may have an entourage and you're also making sure that all your entourage gets all the wild and crazy things that you think they deserve. So yeah, so I, I mean, fair point. So long as you're not entirely self-absorbed, um, you can be considered a healthy diva. And their sense of privilege comes from the knowledge that they're worth it and that they deliver on that. So those at the top of their game who are executing um, 150%, they've earned it. They get to, they kind of earn the right to have this kind of crazy behavior. Well, and I think it comes back to, it's so interesting to think it's the type of person who knows what they want and will be direct with you because they don't want any, you know, they don't want to be beating around the bush or be, you know, coy about asking for things that they, yeah, feel that they deserve. And unfortunately, there's a huge double standard when a man does it and when a woman does it and people so quickly brush it off as, Again, yeah, quote unquote diva behavior. They're just being a diva. And I mean, I know I've, I've heard men be called diva as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely like a negative connotation. It's not like, oh, that girl knows what she wants. She's a diva. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes, but mostly it's like she's a diva in a maybe a bit of a critical air. Yes. Yeah. Also, yeah. and I I mean, so Cal- Callis, was that the, the diva? The Callis, original diva? yeah. I just think, sure, there might have been a lot of drama, but wow, can you imagine being a a sole person who changed the word for the whole world? <laughs> yeah. Like what a badass. It is. <laughs> well, she's a legend. In, in, yeah, in in all the right for, in in an awesome way. So I started thinking about, okay, so there's healthy divas who know what they want, and then I got bra- brought back to this concept of these riders in contracts. And we've all heard you know, rumors about musicians, especially, I don't know what it is about musicians, divas, um, that have all these kind of quirky things in their contracts. So one of the most interesting ones I came across was David Lee Roth, who, um, of Van Halen, Mm -hmm. who always put in his rider. Um, So basically what a rider is, is it's a supplement to what is normally a kind of a boilerplate contract. So for them, it would be with probably, so for example, here in Calgary, the location would be at the Saddle Dome and there would be a contract of like, you're going to pay us this much and we're going to come and put on a show for you. And there would probably be a whole bunch more information baked into that. But the rider is all the additional extra special stuff that they would request. And supposedly, and he has copped to this, that in his rider, he says he does not want to see any brown M&Ms backstage. Gross. But the way he just... Defi- 
<laughs> but the way he justified it is not that he was trying to be high maintenance. He said that there would also be lots of like very technical information in the riders about the stage setup, etc. And so by putting that rider in, he felt like if he didn't see brown M&Ms, that he felt like he could really trust the concert promoter and that they'd read it in detail and that things were going to go correctly. And all the important technical stuff would have been taken care of. That is yes. genius. So then if he saw no brown M&Ms, he would kind of relax. Like maybe I don't need to follow yeah. these people around, double check. check. Exactly. Like if they've been gone to the detail of removing brown M&Ms, then they've gone to the detail of setting up my, you know, amps and guitars all correctly. Now, what if they just mm-hmm. didn't put M&Ms out at all? Was, I mean, was, <laughs> did, was he asking for M&Ms and then Go the, like, sub, the sub bullet was no brown M&Ms? Great question. Um, We'd have to that ask him. That wasn't in the article. We'd have to ask David Lee Roth. Uh, we can engage him and find that out for sure. So <laughs> I thought it would be fun. Um, Marie Claire magazine, so take that with a handful of salts. Put out a I list love of Mary your- Claire. That was my Do favorite you? magazine. Yes. Well, oh, I mean, I haven't read it in years and years, but it was my favorite. I felt like it, it had just enough fluff, but at the same time, it had better stuff than like you knew what you were getting when you opened a Cosmo. Mary Claire had a little bit more. It was a step up more substance. Cosmo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Case in point, their list of so here ridiculous we go. Here writers. We go. Mary Claire. Perfect example. <laughs> Perfect so example. in January 2018, Mary Claire put out this list of ridiculous clauses that are supposedly indifferent. Uh, let's just straight up call them divas contracts. So All I right, thought we could go through it. them and we could just say, yay, okay, or no, go, no. No, go, no. That's what we're doing. Yay, okay, or no go, no. Okay, Wait. so we've got the Yay, we've okay. got the two points no. down. Okay, let me do that again. I gotta write that down because I'm never gonna remember that. No, okay. I like that. I like that. Yay, okay, or no go, no go, no. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you who the diva is and what the writer clause said, and you can tell me if we think this is healthy be- diva behavior or not, Adele has requested mm-hmm. the best quality California red wine and one bottle mm-hmm. of the best quality California Sauvignon Blanc white, white wine, chilled, no Chardonnay, exclamation point, all caps. I was yay. about to say, yay, yay go yay. <laughs> I forget what, I forget what the yay, yay, okay. yay go yay. Yay okay. Yay, yay okay. okay. Yay okay. Yeah. After you had me at Adele, give her whatever she wants. <laughs> she deserves it all. Well, and I'm I think curious. that is a perfectly acceptable and reasonable yeah. clause. A bottle of red, a bottle of white. You have a preference. I I feel yeah. like that's fair. I mean, fair. I ask for that when I get to people's houses. Like Adele can ask <laughs> yeah. for that. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that's true. I have gotten a pre-email from Kristen with a list of suggested wines that I have on hand for when she comes over. Yes. I mean, this was okay. over a year ago, but I expect they'll continue when this these restrictions lift. Next up, we have Beyonce, who specifically mm-hmm. said no Coca-Cola, temperature in her dressing room to be set to 78 degrees at all times. Okay. I think that's very that's reasonable. And that, is she not, was she not a 
spokesperson for Pepsi. For Pepsi, yes. Yeah, I can picture so, the commercial. So sure that, that might be a a, for legal reasons. She shouldn't be seen drinking a Coke, maybe. Yes, absolutely. What if somebody just like a back fan backstage caught yeah. her? took a picture with her holding a Coke. No, I think it's fair. And I think as far as the temperature, I mean, her voice is her instrument. I think there's a lot that people do to maintain their instrument. So I think, mm-hmm. I think temperature and humidity is maybe a fair ask. And I just want to say, like, when I think of Beyonce, like, I don't know if you guys have watched the documentary. There's a really great documentary that she did. And she is this, like, she is this diva of you watch her and you're like, she knows what she wants. She knows what she wants her dancers to do. She knows what she wants production to do. She might come across, you know, she might come across like she's being too demanding, but like she's earned it and she knows what she wants. And when you were talking about diva, I'm like, that's Beyonce. Like, she's incredible. And it's just like, you're in awe that of, of like, just a decision making. Well, and I think it's it's not even knowing what she wants. It's that she they are at a point of knowing what needs to happen to put on a production that is the caliber that they can put yeah. on, right? Exactly. And so she's got it down to a T. Don't, you know, if she says the temperature needs to be a certain degree, you better not screw that up. <laughs> yeah. All right. We have Taylor Swift, Starbucks must be delivered to her before 11 a.m. The order is one grande iced caramel latte with two sweetened lows, one grande iced Americano with two sweetened lows and soy milk, and one slice of pumpkin loaf. Considering what we, I don't know if you all saw that headline of the Edward order at Starbucks. I think this is actually a pretty reasonable Starbucks order. What did what I have no idea what the Edward order is. <laughs> oh, oh my word. Okay, so... Was it just a, a guy employee. named Edward with a super complicated with order? Psychotic order. Just psychotic. Like, I'm not even sure if there was coffee in there at the end of the day. There was so much other junk. And he's just um, a random guy? Yeah. But what happened was one of the employees at the Starbucks posted on social media this order mm. that had come in, and that went viral. And obviously, oh. it said his name, Edward. But if it was Starbucks, we don't know if his name was actually Edward. <laughs> That's true. This is true. This is true. It could have been anything. But I think a coffee order, pretty reasonable. All right. Here's where we start to get a little more dicey. So Selena Gomez, after her 2014 breakup with Justin Bieber, Gomez declared that no one she worked with could be named Justin. Ridiculous. No that go, no doesn't go. Seem... go. No go, no, no go. go. No. <laughs> Agreed. Like, come on. All right. Come we've on. Got just Justin. In, in her work, Selena Gomez. Yeah. You're going to yeah. run into a Justin yeah. here and there. Yeah. You're going to, you yeah. can't just cut them out of your life completely and then freak out on the next Justin you run into who's taking your Starbucks order. All right. Next up, we have Justin Timberlake. He requires someone to disinfect the doorknobs of any Yeah, like, so she room. wouldn't want Justin Timberlake in her, like, if he wanted to stop by and say hi. Hey, I just happened to be in town. I thought I'd stop in and see your show. Get out of here, Justin Timberlake. (laughs) Like, I feel like, you know, he seems like a nice guy. I'm sure a lot of Justins are nice. Um, Justin Timberlake. um, Nobody get triggered by the name Justin, please. Um, He requires someone to disinfect the doorknobs of any backstage venue or hotel he's in every two hours. And on top of that, it's necessary for him to have the elevator to himself and an entire floor of a hotel. Well, he just sounds like he was really thinking (laughs) pre-pandemically, or I guess post-pandemically, pre-pandemic. So he's really just being smart about it. Don't share an elevator. 
disinfect all the doorknobs. That seems reasonable to me. All right. Mariah Carey. For a tour, Carey requested a bottle of Cristal champagne, complete with bendy straws for sipping. And she also was in need of a person whose sole purpose was to throw away her gum. What? Yeah. So Mariah Carey supposedly had it in her writer that she needed a person there just to ensure that she threw away her gum or to... Now, Mariah Carey is a notorious diva. Sure, well she earned. And she so deserves she's it. You don't put out sexist. a song that transforms Christmas and not ask for what you want. Yes. And so I was thinking that maybe it's just that she always is chewing gum and it's not so much to throw, have somebody throw it out for her. It's like before she goes on stage to like remind her, make sure to throw out your gum or, you know, so that she doesn't go on stage with it. Do you want to be the one who's like, like, no, like you want to be shown as someone's taking your gum. Like there's nothing, there's no attractive way to take a piece of gum out of your mouth unless you're spitting it into someone else's hand. That is the most attractive way to do it. I've always thought so. So George Clooney, who Mm -hmm. is the first actor on this list. Yeah. um, He requested a hot tub, custom-made beach hut, and basketball court to be installed near his trailer while making the movie Gravity. He was barely in that movie, first of all. Maybe that's why he needed all of these extra things. They called him on set like three minutes a day. Well, it's true. I mean, but in actor's life, so much of it is waiting. So yeah. Yeah. Basketball net tiki hut. Is that what you said, Joel? Yeah. A custom made beach hut and a hot tub. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Clooney. It's Clooney. Clooney (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give you Kanye West. I'm not going to preempt it. I'm not going to preempt it. Carmex chapstick, sun-kissed salted pistachios, bottles of Propel water, a bottle of Hennessy, Sky, or Absolute vodka, Patron silver tequila, and four six-packs of Heineken. Uh, I'm disappointed. I thought it would be way crazy. Me too. I thought yay this okay. was... Yay okay. Yay <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Quite reasonable for such an eccentric man. Mm-hmm. No, I was looking, I don't know what I was thinking of. The first born child of the, I don't know. <laughs> yes. You know, he might be a good example of a diva. Like, he does these things that are out of this world, but he's really talented. So he's almost mm, one of these yeah. people. Like, I love Kanye West songs. Like, he kind of deserves to do that. Yeah, okay. And I mean, that's not even, I mean, his not requests that crazy. aren't even that Bad, but yeah. No, totally. they're very specific, but again, earned. A lot of alcohol. And of apparently alcohol. he finds he finds places to spit his own gum. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't and need a, a gum spitter. No. So the last one that I want to ask takes us back to the top. Nathan Fillion puts in his rider that his main co-star and love interest on the show Castle, he will only work with her for two days per week. Yay or nay? Well, is it a mutual hate? Like, do they, I wonder if it's, if her contract, does she have to agree to that? Like, is this a, yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, but if you don't like being around somebody 
and you're the star of the show, I kind of would say, yay, okay. (laughs) He was he was the star, right? Like it's his show. They're kind of both the stars a little bit. Like, I mean, she's like, it's really much about them too, which is what's so hard about it is that how did they get to that point? Did they? Yeah. Because I I like Nathan Fillion. I do too. And I like her. Although, um, and if you watch them in interviews together, they seem quite jovial and to like. Hmm. It makes me curious about how many, in terms of working relationships, how many other people out there would have things like that in their contracts. Yeah. Well, exactly. Like, do we all have this (laughs) contract? Yeah. (laughs) Put these in place. (laughs) <laughs> but like I'm gonna actually take a hard stance and say no okay no because you know what do you know how many people do you know how many of us regular folks I love everyone I work with but just hypothetically like we work with people all the time and you know what you're getting paid probably more than the rest of us <laughs> and this is your love interest on the show that you're the star of mm-hmm. I'm gonna say no okay no way I like okay. that stance because it's true I mean, yeah. uh, yeah. And I do feel like it's a little bit different than any of the other ones that we discussed because it's mean. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I mean, cutting off all access to any Justin, that's mean. And that's not not even towards people that you know. (laughs) Yeah, that one was worse. I'll give give Selena Gomez that one. Gomez that one. That is the diva's life. I loved how you brought that around, Julie. Very good. That was really interesting. It it does beg the question, you know, if you're just the best at what you do, can you just be a terror? Yeah, and I'll leave that to all of us to ponder. I think personally, there are limits. I agree. I think you can can, can be really good at what you do and still be a decent human being. Absolutely. I mean... If Beyonce and Kanye West have reasonable asks in their contracts, I think everybody we else can, can all too. have reasonable asks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we can pare our contracts down a little. Yeah. So next time you send me an email before you come over, Kristen, just ease up a bit. <laughs> Even Kanye just wants some Hennessy and calls it a day. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Julie. That was so enlightening and like such an interesting thing to think about. And, uh, you know, I'm feeling high on some adrenaline and some laughs, but Kate, what, what kind of good news do you have to send us through here tonight? Well, I'll send you off with this. It's very similar. It's a story and it's not mine, but it does belong to, uh, somebody who I believe is an Island hopper. So quick (laughs) shout out to Scott for giving me this, this, uh, this, story. He he told it a while ago, but it had really stuck with me. And similar to your story last week, Kristen, it's just a really good reminder. So mm-hmm. Scott was out for a workout doing hill repeats, and he was feeling really tired and, you know, had, had put in a good effort. But as he was deciding whether or not he should finish off one or two more hill repeats, he passed a gentleman on the on the trail who was walking with assistance. Um, I forget if he had a cane or a crutch or just an elderly gentleman out enjoying enjoying the fresh air, but, you know, not walking 
as easily as certainly Scott, who's doing Hill repeats, was was doing. And so he decided to finish, push through, finish off, really nail the workout because he thought, wow, I see this person. They're they're out They're They're doing their best. And I have the ability to continue to go. So I'm I'm going to do it. And so I just it stuck with me since he told me that story. Well, he told a group of us that story. And uh, I just thought it was such a great reminder to not to take the not take those things for granted. And uh, sometimes it it uh, we all just need that reminder to we can we might get tired, but we can we can finish those we can finish those hills. Nice, that's so awesome. It it reminds me of your mantra, Kate, which is what would she do if she could? I mean, if that gentleman wasn't a didn't require assistance in walking, would he be running too? Would he be doing hill repeats if he could? Absolutely. Yes. So, you know, don't do it because you you have to, do it because you can. Well said. Love that. Well, I don't even, I don't think there's much we can say to that. Julie, Kate, did you find what you're looking for? 